Hi, I'm Austin Rude. And I'm Phil Rude, and we host The Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rude. Clever name. Each week, we watch a movie and bring our discussion to the mics. You can hear my opinions and Austin's wrong opinions about everything we watch. No, you're the wrong one. Get out. The Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rude. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Always Never Right podcast, a podcast with adult ingredients just for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age and are wondering how the fuck that happened. Thanks for joining us on the Podfix Network. I'm Jill Farrell. And I'm still Elwood Biggs. Uh, tonight, we're going to follow our last episode logically and talk about Blues Brothers 2000. Now, this movie was super controversial because a lot of Died in the Wool fans thought any Blues Brothers without John Belushi was a cross between Why Bother and Sacrilegious. I personally really enjoy this movie. I love the very first song, which is repeated again in the movie, that John the Revelator song, because that's like one of the best. But it's actually wrote it, wrote it. <laughs> it's written by the same guy who wrote She Caught the Katie, which is the opening, opening song of the first movie. So... I thought that was cool, but the drinks on this one were a little harder to come up with. So we actually invented our own. <laughs> it's um, a little bit of a riff on a gimlet, but we wanted to play on the, like the Caribbean and Cajun theme here. So of course, Queen, Queen Mousset, which is 130 years old and totally badass, beautiful. So we invented a drink called the Voodoo Tart. It's uh, it's made with white rum, lime and lemon juice simple syrup and then we put allspice in it which is used with both caribbean and cajun cuisines i use the little allspice the full berries which is amazing and i kind of dig this i think the allspice gives it a really nice riff it 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 adds something to the flavor and with the lime i think it's just really it sort of complements it i freaking dig this a lot agreed and i actually tried it with and without the allspice and i was not able to find the berries, so I had to get ground allspice. But I tried it with and without my little shaker. Uh-huh. And um, it was good beforehand, but it's phenomenal with. It makes a big difference. And there is an allspice dram liqueur that I wonder if it would be worth it to try. I I sort of think it might add to it, like just a tiny, like a quarter ounce or something. Mm, that sounds lovely. I'll have to look for that. I have some. It's kind of good. I might try it next time. I don't know, but I freaking dig this. And I prefer, like I thought about using the Caribbean rum, but that's so much stronger of a flavor than the white rum. And I wanted this to be closer to an actual gimlet. So that's why I went with the silver rum. Did you use something different than that? I use silver rum, um, like that, I always forget the name of it, Flora, whatever. Oh, Can't Flora de Cana? Flora de Cana. Yeah, I use that again because That's I really so like it. It's nice and mild, and it yep. re- it just suited this beautifully. And I'll let the allspice come very forward. I agree. And with the berries, I think it adds a very nice um, 
just kind of a, I don't know, it just gives it sort of a, it's hard to describe. It gives it sort of a baking note, but it's got those, those spicy flavors and it makes the lime juice and the lemon juice a little more forward, but not in a super citrusy way, like not in a, like a, a bitter citrus way. It just gives it that extra zing, like the brightness that you want from a gimlet. But I think that it gives it some um, additional oomph and it gives it a little bit more depth of flavor. And I think it brings out almost the sweetness in the rum a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent description. So I got to admit, without the allspice, it was very crisp and fruity from the citrus perspective. And right? Yeah, and I really, really enjoyed it. But the minute I added the allspice, it's almost like I dumped a pie in there or something. Um, like a Thanksgiving, not a pumpkin pie, but close to a pumpkin pie. And I'm like, oh, this is very nice. It would be weird, like... A gimlet with pumpkin pie spice would be odd, but just having the allspice. And honestly, you should see if you can find... I get my allspice berries at World Market because <laughs> they're easy to find. Um, just get a few of them. And I shook them in the shaker first, and then I added them just as sort of a float on top. And it really... I mean, it's really, really nice. I like it. And I tried hard to think of what glass to put with it. And... When it came right down to it, I actually liked it, and I put it in a very tall Collins glass. Mm. I just felt like it would make more sense, and yeah. uh, I like it. I think, too, plus the ice, I think, just adds that much yeah. more to it somehow. You have to have ice with this one. It can't be just like a coupe or something like that. It has to be in a Collins. Yeah, I almost put it in a coupe when I first made it, and I'm like... Nah, and I dumped a bunch of ice in there and it's like, <laughs> I thought about that too. I thought about it and I actually thought about like, what if I did like a coupe with a sugar rim or something like that, or doing some sort of really cool rim. Um, I have some strawberries some dried strawberries. And I thought, what if I whiz those up in the, in the blender? And I added that as like a, a rimming thing. I thought that would be really pretty, but, and, and it would suit Queen Mousset. However, she was like a golden goddess, and I couldn't think of anything that would be golden. So. <gasps> but look, the allspice kind of turned my drink golden. Because uh, I had used the ground, so mm -hmm. mine, mine got the color shift. Okay. <laughs> Call it that. But I do think this is very tasty, and I would highly recommend this to anybody. Oh, the yes. recipe, of course... As you will find out later, we'll be on our website eventually when I get to it. <laughs> so tonight we're talking about Blues Brothers 2000. A lot of people freaking hate this movie. It only gets a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes, but honestly, the music in this 100% makes the movie for me. Oh, exactly. And, and I, I want to talk about, you talked about um, John the Revelator, the very simplified acapella with the clapping being used in the oh, opening yeah. scene that very first scene that opening to that movie breaks my fucking heart every time i know this elwood standing outside waiting for jake to pick him up and jake doesn't show i know and he waits and waits and waits and he just stands there just stands there uh, and finally the next morning the 
Frank Oz, whoever like the warden comes in and he's Frank Oz and he comes in and he's like, is that Elwood Blues? Did you tell him about Jake? And they're like, no, I thought you did. So he goes out and tells him and he just lowers his head and bows it. And it's very, it's very touching and very like a little bit devastating. (laughs) I know. I mean, he was seniors. He was so loyal. He was going to wait as long as it took. He's going to stand there. And no, everyone was afraid to tell him. And yeah. although what I think is cool is that they did bring Frank Oz back, who apparently had been promoted a whole bunch in the intervening 18 years. Yeah, well, you know, it's been 18 years. You'd think he'd get at least one promotion. I uh, know, especially after picking up Jake's used condom. So, you know. gross. Because gross, but great touch from the first movie but i thought that was a really nice touch I not just a touching tribute for john belushi but a nice touch for that continuity from the first film i did too and i thought there was a lot of good continuity from the first film um i thought that you know taking him back to the to the see the sister who is yes. now mother and everybody has kind of moved on a little bit and their lives have changed because it's been 18 years Right. So in that intervening 18 years, there's been a lot of shit that's happened. But how much did Elwood not want it to happen at first, even as evidenced by him going back and getting another former cop car? Cop shocks. Cop <laughs> engine. Yes. <laughs> um, did you... Okay, so... What were your feelings about the kid in the movie? (laughs) Mixed feelings. Um, I think it kind of, in the late 90s, uh, in in the 90s in general, there seemed to be a drop a kid in it to show the change of time. And I'm like, nah, John Goodman would have been fine. But at the same time, if they were going to put a kid in, he was a well-cast kid because he could dance like a job. He danced like a young Dan Aykroyd. But I... I felt like the kid was somewhat superfluous and it could have been done without him. That's exactly the word I was going to (laughs) use. I I mean, like it didn't make a lot of sense to have him in there. Like what's the point of having this kid in here? He doesn't really serve any purpose. It's kind of like having a woman who drives the plot in a movie. It was a kid who drove the plot. He was the reason. But he didn't really drive the plot. No, he was just the hook for the penguin to be involved throughout. And yes. And there could have been another hook aside because, you know. Well, he didn't suck. He was fine as for what he did. And, of course, <coughs> there was this one part where he's like, you know, gave the pep talk to Elwood and repeated back to him what he said. And it made me think of, it made me think back to a time when T and I took our motorcycle class. And Millie was not going to let us quit, despite the fact that we had failed our test the first round, which meant we could go back and take it a second time. We could take the class again and do the test again. And I was like, fuck that shit. I am so miserable. I've never been this miserable in my life. I was cold. It was like 38 degrees the whole weekend. And it literally rained the whole weekend. I was miserable. I was cold. I was wet. I was frozen to fucking death. Riding this motorcycle, I was like, this is not fun. This sucks rocks. I fucking hate it. 
And there was too many people in the class that first time. I I was so, it was like the worst thing ever. And we got home and I'm like, no, fuck it. I'm not going back. And Millie was like, but you can't quit. We're not quitters. That's not what we do. You don't do that. You're too good for that. You have to go back and you have to win and you have to try really hard. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) you not like your kid's seven years old and they're giving you this pep talk. How do you not just like say, fine, I'll fucking go back because (laughs) you can't let them down. Right. You can't give your kid that you have to set the example. So he gave (laughs) Elvis, Elvis. He gave Elwood that kind of pep talk about you said the music is the thing and you can't get away from it. And it's, there's nothing like having that music. And I thought, how do you even, you can't, you can't say no when that happens. So other than that one pivotal moment in the script, I kind of really see any point in having him there. Yeah. And, You know, honestly, I mean, Mac or Cable could have done that, too. I mean, Mac could have. Cable wasn't in it right then, but. Oh, good point. But Mac, I mean, Mac could have done anything. Yeah, yeah, right. Because John Goodman can fucking do anything. I did wonder why they didn't put Jim Belushi in it. Because he had done a couple of Blues Brothers type of things with Dan Aykroyd. I know in the past. Hmm. I feel pretty confident about that let me oh you know what that's a common google search apparently why wasn't jim jim belushi and blues brothers 2000 um apparently it was originally intended but um belushi was unable to do it so they had to alter the script and that's how they brought in that's how they brought in um, Cab Calloway's purported son. Oh, really? He was supposed yeah. to be that guy. Yeah. Interesting. Very right. Which I, I think gotta say. So in the scene where <clears throat> Cable Chamberlain comes in and he's pissed off and he's like angry and he stops this, the thing and Cleophus Jones and the other guy are there and they're like, feel the calling of the blood and he's like starts to shake and starts to shake and he like goes up to heaven that's super cheesy and then he comes back and he's wearing the blues brothers outfit and then he's mm-hmm. up on the stage that first song he sings when he's singing john the revelator <gasps> gives me chills i don't know why it just does i it that is I mean, the John the Revelator at the beginning of the movie was amazing. That, though, is my single favorite version of that song ever because it's I so love it. powerful. I love it. He's so good. I mean, oh. Joe Morton is, like, first of all, he's responsible for Skynet, and so he has to die. But <laughs> the problem is he's also a fucking baller singer who knew. Right? Oh, I know. And by the way, wasn't he also the dad uh, to Cyborg in the Justice League movie? No. I'm going to say no. Let's see. 
I could have sworn. Yeah, he was Silas, Silas Stone. I thought so. Because remember at He's the time so going. He's so old and fat, though. How is that possible? Maybe it was a fat suit. He was born in 1947. What? Yes. What? I know my weird ass character actors, so I was pretty damn confident that he was Silas Stone. So, but yes, IMDb confirms it. He was Cyborg's dad in Justice er, League. My good. Right. You're welcome. I. It's you know I developed this talent for the first time thanks to F. Murray <laughs> Abraham. <laughs> F. Murray Abraham is in all of the things. I know, but I remember it, it was like when I was very young, I'm like, oh, that guy was Salieri. Salieri. Salieri's yeah. in this movie. Salieri's in this movie. And then, boom, I could do any character actor from that point forward. Joe Morton, classic fucking character actor, amazing singer. He should have been in a lot of other movies. He's been in a lot. He's fucking incredible. Yeah, he Plus, is incredible. He is incredible. Plus, dare I say, he's hot. Him and Dan Aykroyd he's in the same hot, right? Him oh and Dan Aykroyd in the same movie is one of my dreams. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty hot. He's been he's in, he has been in a lot of stuff. I'm looking at his IMDb thing. Right? I know. He's all over he's the map. Godzilla King of the Monsters. Right? I okay. Oh my god. I love that one. I noticed that, too, because, hello, who's the Godzilla queen? That would be you. Thank you. All right. Anyway. So, honest to God, though, I think the music in this is amazing. Oh. Um, one, of, one of my favorite parts is as they're traveling around to get the band, and they have to go <laughs> pick up all the different people. First of all, the fact that Blues Traveler is in this, I fucking love Blues Traveler. And they Blues told- Traveler wanted me to want, made me want to learn how to play the harmonica, which I never did, but whatever. For a minute there, I thought you were going to say, oh, yeah, and I totally met them, too, uh, at the same time at a dinner party with Tom Hanks and Patrick Swayze. No. And I was going to punch you and Patrick Swayze, but I didn't meet them with when I met Tom Hanks or Patrick Swayze. No, but I was going to punch like you. I'd like to. <laughs> shit. What's the... Um, what's, what's the 8345789? Oh, my gosh. That whole scene. Okay. So, remember how I said we were showing this to AJ? Uh-huh. So, imagine sitting with your near 13-year-old son, and you totally... That shit. You totally forgot about the entire um, phone sex scene. In the movie, but and the you're saying is it's not super overt, so you could just be like, they just talk about people's hair. <laughs> I do, but at the same time, AJ and I are both kind of staring straight forward at the TV, not daring to look at each other. And John the Brit was laughing his ass off at the entire thing. <laughs> so that... <laughs> it took me a while before I knew who um, Johnny Lang was. Like, I didn't know who he was. I'm like, who's this kid singing? Like, why is he singing? I mean, he's really good and all, but why is he in here? Why is there this skinny-ass white kid in the middle of this scene? I don't understand. Hey, skinny white kid. I don't know who you are, but you're really good at this. So, obviously, you're someone, but I don't know who you are. We had to look it up because I could not fucking remember. I'm like, I know I the name. <laughs> look him up. Uh, and, of oh. course, 
I loved, you know, Lonnie Brooks being in there. I loved Aretha Franklin. And I loved how she's like, fine, go ahead. (laughs) And I loved how she turned that diner into a Mercedes dealership. Yeah, good for you. Which, by the way, when they spray painted Blues Brothers on the side of that Mercedes in that one scene, I was like, oh, my my heart so much. (laughs) Oh, interesting bit of trivia. I need to pull up my notes real quick. There was, and I don't think this was even remotely intentional, but did you notice that in this movie, which I want to remind everyone, came out in 1998, um, there was a 99 or 99, somewhere in there. Um, It was before actual 2000, which you would assume. Oh, you're right, 98, February 6th. Okay, good, because very rarely do I get shit like that wrong. Um, (laughs) Because... I'm fucking weird. Uh, but there was a line in there. You know how the Russians were after him this time? Yes. I know what you're going to say. I know exactly what you're going to say. And I totally oh. think that's amazing. When the Russian mobster talked about drinking vodka from their skulls. And 10 years later, Dan Aykroyd founds Crystal Head Vodka. Oh, or you drink vodka out of a skull? That <gasps> is the reason he did it. Was it? I couldn't find a link. So I found, I saw something that said that the reason Dan Aykroyd did Crystal Head Vodka came from the line in there. Nice. I was hoping. like they were in the process of like forming the company and like figuring out how to do it and everything, and that line was a setup. I love that, and that makes me happy. I was really fucking hoping there was a link, but I wasn't able to establish one personally. Yes! Let me see if I can find it. I Take love- a time out while I research. Okay. No, not that kind of time out. A real time out. Okay, fine. I was trying to call back to the first movie, but Okay. All the allspice has fallen to the bottom of my drink. Yeah. You get big, big, big sips of it. Yeah. That's not a bad thing, but it's a gobsmacking thing. (laughs) All right. I can't find anything, so. Pinioning off that, though. So, John Landis. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. His association with the movie is obvious. Do you know who the ghostwriter was in Ghostwriters in the Sky? No, who was it? Max Landis. His kid? Yes. Apparently, um, if you, according to IMDb, at least, um, it credits Ghost Rider as Max Landis. Really? Who, by the way, is responsible for, in large part, to um, Dirk, Generally, uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, which, if you haven't seen it, is really amazing. Uh, <laughs> complete aside worth it though highly recommend out. there's a new skull available what what so I have several of the skulls I have the clear I have the aurora I have the black mm-hmm. I have the bone and the rainbow I don't have the bone but I've got and I have the rainbow and I have the big one mm-hmm. but 
because, you know, they're supposed to be 13. Hold on. I'm sending it to you. <gasps> right. What? What? <gasps> I Whoa. feel like I have to get that. Yes. Oh, John Alexander Crystal Head. Uh, okay. I must have that because I don't have the bone one. I haven't been able to find the bone one anywhere. I'll see if I can get another one. Okay, because I've got the rainbow, I've got the onyx, I've got the big crystal, I've got the small crystal. Ah, I need them all. So I'm going to hearken back to some trivia from last week. Um, so do you remember how we talked about the car crash? Uh-huh. Um, the car crash in this one made me laugh so hard. The car crash in this one beat it. By one car. Oh, I know they did that on purpose, but that makes me so happy. I know. <laughs> the last one was 103 cars. This one's 104 cars. And it wasn't beat until 112 cars in a movie later on. Which I can't remember that movie. but Yeah, it was some stupid movie we don't care about. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't involve Dan Aykroyd, so I don't give two fucks. But... <laughs> <laughs> but how cool is that that they specifically beat it by one car so that's awesome so aside from john the revelator what's your other favorite song from this movie <sighs> louisiana gator voice awesome understandable I, honest to god that's the coolest fucking thing i ever saw right? as they were playing i'm like Oh my God, that's Coco Taylor. Oh my God, that's Dr. John. Oh my God, that's Bo Diddley. Like, right? I'm looking through the whole thing. Oh my God, Eric Clapton. Okay, when you're singing a song in a contest and Isaac Hayes doesn't even get a solo? Yes. You just go, how the fuck is this a thing? Because, oh my God. I don't, and yet it made sense. Now he got a solo later. Yeah, but, yeah, the second part, but, you know. Yeah, but that was like when Isaac Hayes is an also-ran. What the actual fuck? Right. That was cool. Well, yeah, that's kind of amazing. I'm going to, because under fair use, I can do this for just a moment. Yeah. Here's my favorite part from my favorite song. <laughs> Got to get past Paul Schaefer here. Is that funky Nassau? Okay, you need to face your speakers. There you go. Tuco, yeah. Erica Badu, bitches. She's so badass. This little bit, and then I'll stop because she's amazing. Yeah, she fucking rocks. So there's that. Had to. Plus, Paul Schaefer cracks me the fuck up in that movie. He's pretty crazy. He is. Ha ha ha. I mean, how stereotypical Frenchmen can you get? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, okay, I had to, had to do that because that is beautiful. 
By the way, the other person, uh, we were talking about the tent revival with Cleophas James uh-huh. earlier. Who was the other guy? Sam Moore. <gasps> really? That's who that was? That's who that was. Oh, Reverend Morris was Sam Moore. Nice. Because very few people in the world could hold the own on the stage with James fucking Brown. You are not wrong. Holy shit. I was just beautiful. Again, this movie was the music. Yes. More <laughs> than anything. I'm, and honestly... <laughs> The story of this one's not all that great. No. It's sort of. I have to admit to the other part that AJ and I were both staring forward at the wall and John the Brute was laughing his ass off at us. The strip club. Yeah. But that's where we hear John Goodman sing Looking for a Fox. Yeah. Well, And he does it damn well. He was listening from the other room. He'd never seen this movie. He was listening from the other room. He thought that John Goodman was singing Looking for a Fight. And it reminded him of how on her birthday last year, Millie was like, I think this year I want to get in a bar fight. (laughs) I'm like, that's not what happens when you're 14. (laughs) No. Mom, for my birthday, can I cut a bitch? I really want to cut a bitch. That's kind of how my kid works. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Uh, That's that's my kid, man. <laughs> She's baller. There's a glam edition? What? I just sent it to you, yeah. I'm going to spend all my I money just, on Crystal Head. I just... I just bought it. <laughs> I'm going to spend all my fucking money on Crystal. I didn't buy the glam one. I bought the um, Alexander edition. Oh, I'll show you where so, I bought it. Okay. This is the one I bought. Fuck me. Damn you, Aykroyd. Right? Mm. I get them all. I know. It's, it's like Pokemon. For it adults. is. It's Pokemon for adults. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. So there we go. Okay. Oh, they had the bonehead. <laughs> the bonehead. <laughs> the bonehead and the other one. I can get both. I think I'm going to have to do that. And then I'll have to get the glam. Oh, shit. There's just too I much. Know, I kind of want the glam one, but, like, I don't know that I can spend that. Uh, I I figure I got my bonus coming up soon. So, yeah. Anyway, Dan Aykroyd is the bitch who's going to take my money. Bitch going to take my money. Okay, it's added to cart. <laughs> I'll deal with that later. But... It's good. So, so, I have to have one of everything. This fucking Pokemon of liquor. Yeah, they got the bone, they got the black, they got the pride. They got yeah. the John Alexander. Well, I've got the plane, the Aurora, and the Onyx, and the pride already. But I need the little, John Alexander in the bone. a little gift set with the little cups. <laughs> That's... Dude, I might have to need that, too. Because the cups. 
I know it's got cups. Think of how pretty our drink pictures would be in those. I know. Add to cart. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we should move on or yeah. I'm going to bankrupt myself All before right. this episode's out. It's supposed oh. to just be morally bankrupt. Yeah. Okay. Bankrupt. So, yeah, like I said, for me, m- the story isn't what this is about. And, and the music here for me, pretty much every song in this hits it, like hits it. And even more, even more than the first one, because all the songs in the first one are like complete jams, but with this one, every single song. And I even like that, like Blues Traveler had their own little like aside, and he's like, "Mr. Blues." <laughs> <laughs> and then, honest to God, if the Louisiana Gator Boys weren't partly dead and they went on tour, I would I would pay some serious serious money to see them. I would pay, gotta collect them all crystal head money to see them. Yes. Like if they were playing in a city near me, but not my city, I would go there. I would find a way to fucking get there. About if I found out they were in Vegas, I'd be like, let's go to Vegas and see the Louisiana Gator Boys because hello. <laughs> that would be awesome. But like, you know, 30% of them are dead now. So, uh, yeah, that's but really sad. We can still have how Eric much would you have paid paper? to have been an extra in that scene? Holy crap. You know, if they had done a thing like they did in the Cab Calloway, bringing people in and not telling them what they were going to see, if they'd done that for this, <gasps> I would have shit myself. Like, okay, yes, I would love to watch B.B. King and Eric Clapton and Steve Winwood and Travis Tritt even. and yeah, Evan even Roy. Travis Tritt, who didn't even get to say anything. I know. He, like, kind of got to wave. <laughs> <laughs> like, look who I'm hanging out with. Travis Tritt, you're, like, fourth string here. And I actually like Travis Tritt. I liked him in, like, Red, on Red Hot and Blue. The um, That was the one that was, ah, oh, shit. The tribute to Cole Porter. Yes, and it had you good on that. Had used to you two's night and day. Yeah, he Shit, was on, he's been good on several things that I like, and it, you he know, has. I don't, I don't love country, and most country I sort of don't like at all. But every once in a while, there's a country song that I'm like, that doesn't suck right there. That's kind uh, of okay. Don't you like both kinds of music, country and western? <laughs> of course I do. Yeah, but anyway, but there we go. Music fucking rocks. The music amped up in this movie. The music in this is just incredible. It's incredible. And it makes the whole movie completely worth watching, even if you don't do anything but just listen to the fucking music. And, like, honestly, I downloaded the soundtrack today. (laughs) Go you! Let's funky Nassau this bitch on up out of here. Yes. Yes. So, anyway, as always, remember you can find the topics, the recipes for what we're drinking, posted on our website at alwaysneverwrite.com when I get to it, because <laughs> it doesn't happen always right on time, but at some point it'll be there. So, you know, and this drink is a, an original, so I hope you like it. Um, we do have a contact us page for a reason. So send us love or hate or whatever. Well, no, don't send us hate. We don't really, this is not that kind of world. So that's right. Uh, it's right. It's a love. It's a world of love and peace. And as we stated last week, we have fragile egos. So please yes. 
Very please true. No, please no hate. No hate. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you as long as it's positive and life affirming. So reach out. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for joining us for a Music Matters episode of Always Never. Right. I'm Jill. And I'm Ellen. Uh, um, I'm Gina. I'm Gina. Yeah. Thank you so much for making us part of your week. We'll talk more next week, my dolls. And thank you for joining us on the Podfix Network. Woohoo! Standard disclaimer. Always Never Write is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guilty as sin assholes.